Psalm 12. Psalm 12 today. Thank you for joining. This is Thursday, Thursday, June the 16th. And if you take your Bible, go to Psalm 12. We're going to start by reading the first eight verses. The Bible says, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. They speak vanity, every one with his neighbor. With flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips, and the tongue that speaketh proud things. Who have said, With our tongue will we prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now will I arise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Verses 1 through 4 are a prayer. Verses 5 through 8 are a prophecy or a guarantee. Verse number 1 says, Help, Lord. So you see that David's praying. And really, if you notice the rest of the chapter, you can scan it if you're looking at it there, but you can just listen if you are in a place where you can't look at your Bible right there in front of you. That's really the only thing that David asks God to do is help. Really, the whole psalm is that one prayer, help, 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 Lord. Now, he gives reasons. He knows what God will do as a result. He says some things about the Lord's word, a lot of excellent things in this extremely good psalm that's very encouraging for any time of life, but it says, help, Lord. When you are going through a tough time or a confusing time or a challenging time, the thing to do is to go to God and just say, help. Sometimes you don't know exactly what to pray for, what the outcome ought to be or what you should do next, but always in every situation, you know that you need help from the Lord. If you think you can do it by yourself, you're in a pretty bad situation because you're walking in pride. We can't do anything without the Lord. We need help. And David said here, help, here's why, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. Does it sometimes seem like the godly man is scarce to find? By the way, godly just means like God. Somebody who would do things God's way reminds you of God. The godly man ceaseth. You should be a godly person a godly man, a godly woman, a godly young person, somebody who tries their best to be like God and to please God in everything you do and say and think. And the godly man here for David was ceasing. It means they were quitting. They were quitting being godly where before somebody could be relied upon to walk in their integrity. Now they weren't anymore. They weren't being godly. They could not be relied upon. The faithful fail from among the children of men. It's hurtful. When someone you've looked up to suddenly changes and ceases to be godly, someone who was known for their integrity goes and compromises. And David said, help, help. Verse two, it says, they speak vanity, every one with his neighbor, with flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. So they weren't being godly anymore. It says they speak vanity or emptiness, nonsense, something that accomplishes nothing. In another part of the scripture, vanity was used to describe the worship of idols. It accomplished nothing. It was ridiculous. They speak vanity, everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips, and with a double heart do they speak. Flattery is just exactly what you think it means. 
uh, flattery, saying something slick about somebody else in order to get something out of them, saying things that aren't true in order to deceive, saying what's necessary to get something out of somebody else. So they speak vanity, everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips, and with a double heart do they speak. Double heart literally means heart and heart. A double heart is someone who is different depending on the situation or depending on who they are around at that time or the setting or the circumstance or depending on what they're trying to accomplish. Double-hearted people have two hearts, the one they show everybody that is polished and then their true heart. We see in the Bible in another place, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. My favorite people are those who are exactly the same, no matter where they are or who they are around. My wife is that way. Genuine, sincere. If you know my wife, you know my wife. She's not different depending on the setting. My very best friends are all that way. That I, I admire that about them. They don't try to be different depending on if they're around a big shot or they don't uh, get more sinful and use... God forbid, curse words or so on and so forth, depending on if they're around certain people, but they're just the same. You know, you're appropriate depending on the setting. Of course, you'd be different with your best friend versus maybe, uh, I don't know, your pastor or if you met the Queen of England or something, but, but they're always the same fundamentally. And the bad thing about the double-hearted man is that you can never pin them down and get a feel for where they're at, really. And the basic issue of the double-hearted man is the basic issue for all problems, and that is sin. Simply sin. Sin is the problem. And the solution to any sin is to repent and get right with God. James 4.8 says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Same thing as a double heart. So verse 2 of Psalm 12, they speak vanity, everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips, and with a double heart do they speak. If you've got a double heart, here's what you got to do, repent. And repenting is changing your mind about your sin and turning away from it and toward God. Repenting is really agreeing with God. And here is the sure response of God. So remember, I mentioned that the only prayer really is help, Lord. And here's going to be the response. Verse three, the Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things. And you can't see it if you're just listening, but right after things is a colon, which, which means that what is to follow is what's being talked about before the colon. So the tongue that speaketh proud things colon. So in other words, we're about to read the things that the tongue are speaking or the, the, the proud are speaking with their tongue. Here's what they're saying. Verse four, who have said with our tongue will we prevail? Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? And that Lord there is small L, meaning that nobody's going to tell them what to do. And man, oh man, oh man, there are three mistakes in the three statements that these people are saying here in verse four. And they're saying three things. One, with our lips, will we prevail? Well, they'll not prevail. We're going to see that in the very next verse, but they'll not prevail with their lips, with their words that they're using. Next, they say, our lips are our own. Merciful heavens. Really, that's probably the the fundamental problem with, 
with every rebellious person, every person that doesn't want to get saved or or submit to authority or follow the law or obey the speed limit or so on and so forth. It's that this is my life and nobody can tell me what to do. And that's what they're saying here. Our lips are our own. They won't obey anybody. They're not going to do what God says. And then they say, who is Lord over us? There's something dangerous about a person who will not be ruled over. The person that despises the biblical order of home, church, government, the person who can't follow the boss at work, that is an ungodly and a faithless attitude, according to Psalm chapter number 12. The godly man ceaseth, the faithful fail, and instead they're saying, uh, who is Lord over us? And only the arrogant can make such a statement. And God will cut out those lips and tongue. Look at verse five, for the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, Now will I arise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. These people who would come under no one didn't realize that they had come under sin. Because when you serve sin, sin is your master. John 8, 34, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. So you believe you're living your life in freedom, free to sin. You're actually putting yourself in bondage to that sin. You are the servant of sin. And God says here, now will I arise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. Those who were the victim of the ungodly and the faithless people who were using their, these men who were using their vanity and their flattering lips and their double heart to speak, to speak proud things, God says, now will I arise. Now will I arise. And look at verses six and seven. These are great verses to memorize. If you haven't already, these are excellent verses. Okay. So Psalm 12, six and seven, they say this, the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Men's words may not be trustworthy, but the Lord's words are pure, precious, and preserved for us forever in the word of God. Matthew 5.18, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. These flattering tongues are just but for a moment, but the word of God is forever. Second Timothy, Paul was writing to Pastor Timothy about 30 years old, and he writes, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Now, how can you be a workman that needs not to be ashamed? How? Rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what is required in a man of God. Later in the same book, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's the word of God. And so you must build your life on the Bible. You must, when you need help from the Lord and you're expecting him to arise as he said he would, in the meantime, run to the word. 
Make sure you're living your life by the Bible. Find comfort and relief and refuge and strength and confidence and power in the Bible. 1 Peter 1, 24 and 25, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Later in chapter 2, verse 2, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Psalm eighteen thirty. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. You might be saying, I don't know about following the Lord. Well, his way is perfect. I've never tried it before. I'm not sure how it'll work out. Well, the word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. Everyone who ever tries the Lord, who tries, uh, tests the Lord, who follows the Lord, always find him faithful. Psalm 119, 160, thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. When the godly man quits being godly, when those with double hearts get you down and discourage you, you can pray, help Lord, and know that God will arise and set it in order. And in the meantime, you can rest confidently on the pure, the permanent, and the preserved Word of God.